Welcome to the Family Movie Night Podcast. This is episode 28, and this is the greatest show. Uh, maybe not, but this is still the episode in which we are covering The Greatest Showman, the 2017 film starring Hugh Jackman, which is a movie musical. In fact, I remember when this movie came out, it was kind of being heralded as this is going to bring back the live action movie musical because we didn't have a ton at the time. And I will say, uh, they may be correct because in 2021, we had like four big budget. You know, we had In the Heights, we had uh, West Side Story, uh, Encanto was a big one, just uh, kind of like big movie musicals coming out. And uh, we're going to cover uh, right now a question for my co host joining in, Donnie Dorsey, uh, the hero of this podcast. Uh, why, don't you, why don't you tell us what is your favorite? musical of all time doesn't even have to be a movie musical just your favorite musical like a musical number or like a either one if you've got a favorite like number from a a, 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 a musical or if just if you want to talk about the musical in general what's your favorite i'm i think if um there i guess the one i would think of probably would, would be rent mainly because oh, yeah. I, I enjoy the songs and like i enjoy it just it's just one of those things where like you can sit down and almost lose time while you're watching you're like wait you can't lose the time because you know exactly how many minutes well you know 525,600 <laughs> minutes that's yeah. how you measure the length of a year that's how you measure but that no but the question is how do you measure how about <laughs> and love 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 <laughs> In the office, they say that's like watching Die Hard 80,000 times, and I, uh, it's so go. good. It's great. <laughs> well, there's our villain of the podcast, uh, the the uh, Hans Gruber of the podcast. Oh, hey, I'll take that one. Sawyer Hewlett, uh, for those who don't know, Hans Gruber is the villain. For oh, that. God, please, you're one of them. That's my best Alan Rickman doing an American accent impression. That's true. <laughs> that's true. All right, Sawyer, what is your favorite uh, musical? Uh, the Lion King. Oh, okay. Not, not even like that. That is like at first you were talking about like doing your favorite musical song or something, but then he said favorite musical, Malanke. Not, not so, even close. So is it Circle of Life that's your favorite song or? Oh, my favorite song would probably be Can You Feel the Love Tonight. Oh. Or, oh. or, um, what's it called? Um, Be Prepared, Scars Number. Yes. Yeah. I'll take, be, I'll take, yeah, I'll take Be oh, Prepared. Okay. Cause I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you know. Uh, my biggest gripe with movie musicals as of late is "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," and it began the uh, "We've Got to Have Ballads" that have nothing to do with the actual movie musical and could be also radio songs. Because if Lin Manuel Miranda had okay. written "Can You Feel the Love Tonight," it would be an entire movie about lion mating rituals. The whole song would get really deep because, like, every song every song has to have like you know everyone makes fun of the Moana coconut song. That is a dang good movie musical song. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can You Feel the Love Tonight tells you nothing about the story, tells you nothing about the it, characters. There's stuff going on on screen, though, that is just lions chasing each other around. Yes, they're falling in Can love. Can you feel the yeah. love? Just like you hating Finding Nemo, you're just yeah. wrong, Nathan. That's all well, that's going on. You're I will say, there's definitely a good song in there that I remember from like, we ended up like interpolating it. Uh, or like a school thing, uh, getting ready to go into middle school. It's like for the one where it says, I just can't wait to be king. Like we interpolated oh, yeah, to be, oh, I just can't wait for sixth grade. Oh, there you go. There, so, that's a way to do it. 
until right. you get to sixth grade, and it is the worst. Yeah, sixth yeah. and seventh grade but are the worst. They set us. Up. They lied to me. Like worst years of my life. When yeah. I because re- when I heard it, I was like, "Oh, this is great!" Like it sets you up, and then you're like, when you actually go through sixth and seventh grade, you go, "Why could I not wait for this?" Just like the Lion King, it <laughs> sets you up to it. think this is going to be fantastic, and then they get to can you feel the love tonight, and you go. Mm-mm. <laughs> Family Movie Night Podcast, where we want to help your family have better conversations around the content you consume. My name is Nathan, and I am joined, as always, by my fantastic co-hosts, Donnie and Sawyer. Unfortunately, once again, we don't get to uh, have uh, Heidi Cooper with us uh, today. She couldn't make it for the filming, but I know she's here in spirit, which means she's not here at all. And... uh, (laughs) We are uh, we are talking about a movie from 2017, The Greatest Showman, which is about uh, P.T. Barnum. It's kind of like a musical, fictional version of uh, Barnum and Bailey Circus in the kind of greatest show on earth. Um, that I'll tell you the the description on IMDb. Growing up in the early 1800s, P.T. Barnum displays a natural talent for publicity and promotion, selling lottery tickets by age 12. After trying his hand at various jobs, P.T. turns to show business to indulge his limitless imagination, rising from nothing to create the Barnum and Bailey Circus, featuring catchy musical numbers, exotic performances, and daring acrobatic feats. uh, Barnum's mesmerizing spectacle soon takes the world by storm to become the greatest show on earth. So that is what uh, we are going to talk about. And there's some more thematic things we want to talk about in that. But before we get to it, Donnie, why don't you tell them what we are doing on this podcast? Absolutely. So on this podcast, we encourage every family and community Christian church to have a monthly movie night. To help you and your children build some memories, start some conversations, that'll matter. The goal of our family ministry is to help you raise your children that love Jesus and his way of life above all other things. And we know that critical to that is for you to have a routine, regular time of connection and some shared experiences that'll help you build some stronger relationships. And, uh, you know, I, I think like movie nights are a great opportunity to do that because movies are that they're. They're an easy way to share laughter and joy and, you know, and fear and sadness in a safe environment. But, you know, they also give us a chance to talk about what matters most uh, in in ways that are meaningful and and memorable with our children. And, and, you know, on this podcast, you know, we're going to recommend some movies that you could watch on your monthly movie night. Uh, But more importantly, we're going to give you some ideas of uh, meaningful conversations that you can have with your kids during or, or even after the movie. And as always, the point of this podcast is not to add another thing to your list of things as a parent that you feel guilty about not doing. So we just want to make it easier for you and your kids to be together and to enjoy being together and making memories and having conversations that help your kids love Jesus and his way of life more. Because like in the conversation we're going to have today, when you can help them have thoughts that help build their characters and help them to grow, uh, they are better positioned to love and accept Jesus and his way of life. And so uh, if there's anything we're missing, you notice there is a 
a link in the description that'll take you to a form where you can let us know a movie we should talk about or something from one of our conversations that you think we didn't talk about enough or didn't talk about well, something we got wrong. Well, let us know and we'll address that in a future episode. But right now, uh, let's just talk a little bit about this movie. Now, I don't think we really have to give you a lot of motivation to see this movie uh, because this movie made a ton of money at the box office, $434.9 million. Jeez. Yeah, which if I did you, not know it was that much. Oh, it may it it ran the box office of uh, the holiday season. Uh, it came out in December and uh, it just it 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 ran uh, through the it came out Christmas time 2017 and ran all the way through January when nothing's being released. Uh, for, just so for people who know, the movie had a budget of 84 million dollars. And so it just made incredible movies. Uh, kind of these uh, mid-level movies, $84 million movies, they do not make that kind of money. So yeah, that's got to be the most that a musical's ever made, right? Uh, maybe. It's got it's to be it's pretty close. There. I don't think it has a... I don't have that anywhere in here. I though. bet if you adjusted for inflation, I bet like Mary Poppins or Sound of Music would be up there, but... Yeah, it's, geez, it's, that's a lot. it's pretty... It's, it's a lot of money. It is a lot of money. And so... Uh, anyway, this is a, a, a kind of big movie. I know a lot of people who just absolutely love it and uh, that are into it. And as we've said, this is a movie that for uh, families, I just think it's a great opportunity because um, for kids, they just love musicals and that. Donnie, your, your kids love musicals as well? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's that's it's almost like the second they hear some type of music in it, they're like, like they're intrigued. Like they could be in like another room, and all of a sudden it's like poke their head in. They're like, huh. "Is that what's watching that? What 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 is this? What is it? <laughs> tell, tell me more." Yeah. So yeah, this movie is absolutely great. I think it's pretty good for all ages. There's really not too much. Uh, there's almost no language in any of the songs. Maybe maybe small amounts here and there, uh, but nothing nothing too objectionable in the movie content. It's rated PG, so. Uh, certainly we're we're all for if your kids are into musicals it's a good one and really it's the themes that we want to spend most of our time talking about in this movie uh, and interestingly enough and this is what we would say uh, I think we had the conversation before of if you're just looking for a movie that's fun and has some good music and even a little emotional in parts this is this is a solid one on that right I think we're all in agreement on that if you're just looking for something kind of fun got some good music uh, yeah. but thematically this movie is very interesting and what i mean is this movie brings up some themes that it wants to address and it seems unsure of how it wants to talk about it and now your kids are not going to operate on a thematic level they're probably only going to care about what happens but you as a parent can kind of bring up almost uh, what i would say is the hypocrisy of this movie in its themes and what it wants to talk about and you can kind of talk about that in a jesus-centered way so Here's what I want to talk about. The movie uh, that we think the theme, the way you can use this movie to talk to your kids is this movie, because it is about the Barnum and Bailey circus, uh, you know, for lack of a better term, the movie focuses on the kind of what are, like I said, lack of a better term, freak show elements of the, of the, uh, of the circus itself, right? So you've got a, there's a bearded lady, uh, there's like a, really tall for like tallest man on earth shortest man on earth there's uh like uh conjoined twins all different kinds of you know uh what they're referred to as kind of sideshows at one point and the movie kind of addresses how uh in society they are really um attacked 
and uh, persecuted uh, and, and told to kind of revert to the shadows. And probably one of the biggest, most recognizable numbers is uh, This Is Me, which is uh, the bearded lady in the in the troupe singing about, hey, this is who I am. Uh, I'm not perfect. I'm flawed, right? But I'm here and I'm 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 open about who I am. And there's even elements in the movie with the two acrobats who are brother and sister played by uh, Zendaya and uh, oh, let me pull it up. I cannot remember. Yeah, yeah, Abdul Mateen the second. Yes, a uh, fantastic actor. They are uh, uh, both uh, African-American actors. And so this is at a time in the 1800s. Uh, and so all of that is in the mix as well. So there's some racial themes into that. But the movie really addresses, and this is the kind of the themes that we think are probably most emotional from the movie is um, how do we love and care for people who are on the margins of society? People who might be outcasts, people who may not fit into kind of the social norms, right? People who are powerless, people uh, who are rejected by society. How does Jesus call us as believers to move towards them? You know, God loves people who are, uh, loves all people, but certainly has a heart for those who are powerless and on the margins of society. So Donnie, let's start by just talking about how does this movie talk well about that idea? And certainly how can we as parents use this to talk to our kids about caring for people who are different than us and, and sticking up for people who are different than us? I think um, it does a pretty good job as far as for some of those elements, as far as sticking up for others. Um, <clears throat> I think you watch it with how the performers look out for one another. Mm, um, that's good. There's a lot of opportunities for them to stand up for one another whenever things happen. Like even with it's like some of the things turn into like physical altercations and they stand up for one another. And if people speak down to one of them, they generally are very much, they, they rally behind one another and, and pull everything together, which I think is amazing because I think it, it gives a very good reflection of no matter how different we all are, we all share the same, you know, the common element that we know we're human, you know? And I think it gets, sometimes we get lost on the differences and, you know, but I think that's something that they do really well is they show that, hey, look, we may all maybe look different or appear different or have different like abilities, but mm -hmm. that doesn't make either of us less or more than the other. We're we're on equal playing field. I thought was good. Yeah. And I think, you know, to go to that, so to, to be able to have conversations with our kids, and I know we've brought this up on the podcast, but I just think it's always good to bring up of just saying to our kids, you know, why do you think people are, are treating those people badly? Like why, why, why are people afraid of them? Why are people laughing at them? And then for them to say, well, it's because they're different or they, you know, that's not really what in, you know, for the bearded lady, that's not what women should look like. That's not what men should look like. And then be able to have conversations about, is there a should you know, that should, is there a way people should look? Is there a way people should, uh, uh, you know, be made? Is there, is it okay for us to, um, to look at people who are different and to, to, to want to laugh about it or to make them feel bad? Is it okay to push them to the outside? Like bringing those questions up, right? How should we treat people? If you looked different, if your body was different, uh, how would you want to be treated? You know, using 
treat others as you would want to be treated. Those kind of conversations. I think this movie certainly brings a lot of that up and is very helpful in that. Sawyer, would you agree on that front of that the movie certainly lends itself for those conversations to happen? Yeah. Yeah, I think um, this is definitely a movie that, you know, I, I struggled to watch, honestly. I, I was definitely, because, and I think we've hit on this a little bit, the movie structurally never really commits to a theme. The first act is very much about how uh, P.T. Barnum is kind of down on his luck and finding a way out. And then the second act, or the second half of the movie is very much about kind of his corruption and how the circus, the people who are in the circus are kind of like, there's a lot of camaraderie happen. All that stuff works well on its own. But for me, like when I was watching the movie, it was just like difficult for me to connect with either side because I, I just felt like I didn't have enough time to. Um, And then it tried convincing me to not like Hugh Jackman's character anymore, even though you've just spent the first half of the movie getting me on his side is it was difficult for me to watch. That being said, all that is true, like that the is and and like you know we've talked about it. This this the this is me song is really good, and like that scene is executed very effectively to get you on their side. And so this movie's difficult for me to like talk about because I don't want to sound like a downer of someone who hates it. But it, it it's just it and, and and we've talked about this. It's a difficult movie thematically. Well, but I think I, I guess the question I'm having for you, Sawyer, is oh, okay. It, is is what can we it's not the movie but mm-hmm. does this movie lend itself towards that conversation about absolutely yeah. yeah yeah i think the movie you know i think because once again i don't think most kids are going to be like hmm thematically they they play some yeah. threads yeah <laughs> in the first act that they did not pick up in part two so <laughs> yeah. i think kids will enjoy it and the question that you know like you you, you talk about of and let's get to that let's get to some of the threads yeah. So, like, I, I think especially, like, the kids will be able to, like, have that conversation because it's what the movie kind of ends with is, like, mm-hmm. look at how all these people are together and they love each other in spite of each other's differences. They love each other's differences. That's going to be easy for the kids to talk about because it's going to be the freshest thing on their minds. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so, and, like, coming out of the movie, that's what's always, like, freshest on my mind. That's why, like, This Is Me is really effective because it's near the end of the movie and it's really great is the thing. Um, yeah. And I think the movie tries to really champion by the end of it. Yeah. What the circus, the circus becomes, whereas at one point it was almost like, um, exploiting their differences to make yeah. money, treating them as a sideshow, treating them as a freak by the end, it becomes what makes it the greatest show is that it is elevating them and then putting lights on them. Yeah. I making I them really glamorous like, in the end, just like super spoilers now, like, um, PT kind of hands off the starring role to Zach yeah. Efron, who they've kind of been butting heads for a lot of the movie. And, and he, you know, that that's a really good symbolic gesture for the movie to end on as I was watching it. Cause it was like, Oh, that's kind of what the movie's about. It's like, I don't need to be in the spotlight. I get to like help others live the, like live to be the best versions of themselves. That's what I feel like the movie is at its best moment. The movie is at its best moment when it's trying to be like, Hey, your job is to help others yeah. like succeed. That's and that's that will be your success is the thing. Yeah, because I love the way that that in that moment it's kind of that moment of serving, like yep. because he's saying, "Okay, look, I've done what I need to do to create a way to elevate others." 
Yeah. Now I'm going to elevate others and pull myself out of the spotlight because I think it's very easy that when we do have those levels of success to get to be like, well, I have to be here. I have to be in this main spotlight, this main central depiction. But he, it showed very clearly is that when you elevate others, when you serve others, when you allow others to to excel and to be lifted up, you can elevate more. You can elevate more than just yourself. You know, because mm-hmm. that moment was so, like you said, it was so critical because. And the thing about it was like it, the way they did it to make it look kind of effortless, like they were the same person. I love how they tried to make it look like that because it was that idea is that, look, it doesn't matter who's in the spotlight. All that matters is that we're doing this together as a collective. We are, you know, we're here for one another. We support one another. So I think that's a very just easy, low-hanging fruit conversation to have, right? God loves people. God loves all people. He has a special heart for people who are powerless, who who are who are picked on, who are different from the norm because and they are being treated badly because of it, right? Yes. That's an easy thing. And we as we as believers, the church should be like that the circus where we are elevating all people that everyone gets to be treated well and gets to be treated equal. And we, we, we love each other's differences. We don't hide the differences that we're, we're doing all those things. And certainly in terms of the story with, you know, Zendaya um, and, and uh, Yaya, that this idea of being able to say, Hey, in, in terms of our race and our differences and things like that, we don't want to be colorblind in the sense of saying that none of those differences are there we want to be able to say, hey, that your skin tone is beautiful and my skin tone is beautiful and your hair texture and everything is that is different about us is beautiful. God made us that way for a reason. All of that is great. I think the movie, that's a low-hanging fruit. It's there for you as a parent to talk about. Here's something I think that, and I agree with Sawyer, I think the movie itself is confused about what it wants to do with is the character of P.T. Barnum. Um and I think if you are ready to have a deeper conversation, I think this is a good one. One thing we do in our in our um, house a lot when we watch movies, uh, my, my wife homeschools our children. And so she has this when they're doing their reading is we do a lot of like, who is the main character and who what what journey, what are what lesson are they learning? Like to be able to help them just learn how to engage with stories well. Um, and with, if you've never had that conversation with your kids, trying to teach them who the main character is, they're really bad at identifying that. Yeah. Uh, it's just very interesting. It's hard for them to tell who is a main character, right? In in a movie like this, which is might be easy to call an ensemble, but it is not an ensemble. Uh, there is a main character, and P.T. Barnum is the main character uh, because the movie begins and ends with him. The journey is really his journey. And I think the frustrating part uh, when the movie is really in the middle seems to be focused on how we are lifting up people who are different and outcast how the movie wants to cast P.T. Barnum as the biggest underdog in the story. The movie wants to cast P.T. Barnum as um, the one who has the hardest time being taken seriously. Um, and uh, so you have the the movie begins with P.T. Barnum. Uh, Hugh Jackman's character wants to be married to Michelle Williams' character, uh, but she comes from a well-to-do, very wealthy family. His dad is a tailor. Um, and is uh, not as wealthy. And so he's not taken seriously. And so he starts hustling really hard. And we find out it's kind of a little bit of a con man and kind of 
you know, is doing all the hustling thing to be taken seriously. That's why he starts the circus because he's trying to make enough money to be taken seriously. And kind of his big climactic moment is when they get to go visit the queen and they have this really great moment with, um, where his his father-in-law who has kind of told him you'll be nothing and all this he gets to have that kind of underdog moment where he's like will serves you right and he learns the lesson he learns by the end of the movie is uh, that ambition is not great which i think that's a good lesson and maybe a conversation that could be had at some point of how your ambition to make yourself into the hero of every story can actually be your defeat and your destruction so there's a good thing to be be had there i don't want to have that conversation the conversation i want to have is um the big moment uh in this movie is we talked about already is the handing off of the baton right he passes the baton and he passes the baton from himself to the wealthiest person in the movie (laughs) 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 it's like zach efron's like oh finally the new underdog gets to take over and it's the guy who has been financing the whole movie the whole circus um, and, and this is the part I think that is, is the bigger part that I think is interesting is to be able to have a conversation with our kids and say, okay, wh- why is it that we love underdogs, right? Why is it? Because the movie wants to make P.T. Barnum the underdog in this movie, right? I mean, it really, I mean, would you guys agree that that's the way the movie is casting P.T. Oh, Barnum? absolutely. Absolutely. Especially so the, in the first half of the movie. Yeah. Well, first and even... Act even towards the end, because the way the end of the movie is the big, so you have this amazing moment, right? And I'll just say this visually should have been the last shot of the movie is Zendaya and uh, Zac Efron kiss. And it's in front of like the whole, and you see the whole who previously were freaks, but now are like elevated and they're glorious. But then the movie ends with Hugh Jackman watching his children in this play and then you're like was the movie about him learning to be with his kids and not be a businessman which is once again a great movie and i'd love to have that conversation is for the movie to be about a guy who thought his legacy would be his ambition and building up the circus and really his legacy are these girls but the girls are not really characters in this movie and so it's very confusing um but i think so, so the movie is really about him learning to accept himself, I think. I think that's what the movie really wants to be about, is him accepting himself, like, I'm good enough, I don't need the money, I don't need the success, I just need to be me. And the sad part, I think, and this is the confusing part about the movie, is I think when the movie is at its best, the song This Is Me is about the people in the, in the circus, not P.T. Barnum. Yeah. But there's a way of almost reading it that this is me is also about him, that he's learning to accept himself and to not care what his father-in-law thinks. And the frustration, and here's where it's frustrating, if you're not fully connecting where I think all of us are struggling with. P.T. Barnum, even though he struggled, all right? He did struggle. He didn't have money. People didn't take him seriously. When he finally made it big, he was allowed into certain rooms because of the way he looked. Mm-hmm. And Zendaya and Yaya, who also are I mean, both absolutely gorgeous human beings. Mm-hmm. I mean, just physically gorgeous human beings. But because at this time in history, because of their skin color, they're not allowed in those rooms. There's a great moment in the movie where she's like, are all of us invited to, to the queen? And he does this great thing. Where he's like, well, either all of us go or none of us go. And then when the moment comes, he doesn't let them come in the room. Yeah. And 
the other people in the in the in the circus are not allowed in the room because of the way they look. And the movie brings up the question, which I I bravo on its part, but never makes him learn that lesson. Yeah. Never makes him learn the lesson that he does have a privilege they do not have. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a really good example to have conversations about what it means to be a person of power and privilege in our society. Certainly uh, for, 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 for white people in our country, for people who are wealthier, to be able to say, um, yes, he did not come from a place of wealth advantage, but he did have advantages these other people did not have. Um, and I think as, as, as parents, although the movie doesn't fully get there, I think we can have that conversation. Donnie, I can tell, it seems like you have something you want to say. Do you, do you think it's possible for us to have that conversation even though the movie doesn't get there? I think it's definitely a conversation you can have because when you when you really think about it, like, I'm trying to, I lost my train of thought for a second. Can you restate that a second? <laughs> yeah, do you think it's possible for us? The movie doesn't fully, I mean, do you agree? The movie doesn't fully make P.T. Barnum reckon with his own privilege. The movie wants to make him the underprivileged person. Yeah. I think, so I think in the idea of that is that um, sometimes what we don't, necessarily do with our kids is to give them the full breadth of who they are we give them the pieces of it that we feel are palatable to them like hey right now you're a kid so you can't do xyz um because of this you can't do xyz but we don't give them the full breadth of it saying hey look because you look like me that means that you may get viewed differently. That means your opportunities may be fewer, not because you've done anything wrong, but because of how others may perceive you just based on a visual presentation. Right. And I think when we don't tell them the whole thing, it comes as a huge shock that... Well, you said I can do anything. You said I could be this, that, and the other. But you didn't tell me that these obstacles would come up in my way. And I think that's the conversation you kind of have to see is that P.T. Barnum, yeah, very much did come from a difficult situation. But it's a different situation when you go, hey, you know, I wasn't able to become a famous musician because I couldn't play an instrument versus I could play an instrument, I could also sing well, but I wasn't what the industry was looking for. Yeah, yeah. Well, and I think to that point, Donnie, you know, the the conversation, I think once again is parents. So on the other on the other side of the issue, um, as as being I'm a so I'm a I'm a white man. I don't know if that's shocking to anybody. I'm a white man who is uh, what Wait yeah, a minute. Sorry. <laughs> I've deceived you. Uh, <laughs> but the raising um, uh, uh, two of my daughters are uh, are biracial. They are African American and and uh, white. Their their birth parents were, and but skin tone, everything about the way they were physically be perceived, as Donnie has said already, uh, they will be perceived as their skin tone being darker than me and darker than their youngest sister. 
and being able for them to understand there are advantages and disadvantages that come with both sides of that issue that are not on them. Yeah. That it says nothing of it. Because as you said, Donnie, if I don't have those conversations, maybe my children start to perceive, well, maybe the reason she's getting opportunities I'm not getting is because she's better than me mm-hmm. or she's smarter than me or she's funnier, you know, or whatever, more talented than me, all those different things. And to be able to say, hey, that's not always what plays into it. And then on the flip side, and I'm talking about in this movie, to be able to have the conversation with our kids of, hey, who is the true underdog in this story? Who is the person we really should be rooting for? And what is the action we should be rooting for? And I do think there's a way to talk about the Zac Efron character as very heroic. Here is a man, now, Once again, this is the complicated part of this movie. The reason he gives up his wealth and his privilege originally is he thinks it'll be a better financial situation for him down the road. He's going to get more percentage into the profits. But there is a way towards the end of the movie when he chooses to use his money to rebuild the circus to talk about here's a man who did come from power and privilege and was willing to risk that and, and use that power and privilege to elevate other people. That's a way to really take the Christ-like, as we talked about. I think we talked about this in In the Heights, or maybe we talked about it on Hidden Figures. Uh, but being able to say, when you fi- when a believer finds themselves in a place of power and privilege, what's the response we take? It's to use that power and privilege, which for the sake of others, not for myself. Not to get myself better opportunities but to help other people who maybe wouldn't naturally get those opportunities. And there's a way for us to say that to our kids and not in a way, and I know this is the part, and I can even feel it as, as, as we're trying to have this conversation um, in kind of the delicate way both Donnie and I are trying to have the conversation. There's a way in which if you are a person of power and privilege, uh, that it there's almost a guilt that gets associated with it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, and you feel like you're saying, well, am I bad somehow? Like, is P.T. Barnum a bad man that he got to go? No, the issue is, and he has this moment in the movie, and I think that moment of this is me is the pivotal moment to have the conversation. He could have said what he said he was going to say. Either all of us get to go or none of us get to go. Yeah. And then he gets put on the spot, and he goes, oh, just me gets to go. Yeah. And you know? that's that's kind of like why I think this movie is like actually like kind of difficult because it – it wants to be like, yes, P.T. Barnum is an underdog and he's he's overcoming stuff. And he's also kind of really unlikable at the most important m- moment in, the, in <laughs> yeah. his story arc. It's like really difficult to parse. Well, yeah. and I think I think that's fine. And I don't want to get too much into what the movie because you may think because I can see how some people might say, well, but that's what makes the movie great is that it's complicated and it shows yeah. not all people are, you know, people are a mixture of good yeah. and bad. I agree. And I think that should be a conversation you have with your kids yeah. is look, he's a good, he does succeed and he finally learns his lesson and he gets it. Uh, I just think the movie doesn't do a good job of showing him learn that lesson, but yeah. I, that's why we wanted to talk about it on the podcast is I personally don't like love this movie, but I think the movie allows you as a parent to have these conversations yeah. and that's what matters most. I Donnie, I can about, tell you, so when, you when you said that it immediately made me think about, the, there's a scene uh, where there's a fire. And right. I think that represents so much of the conversation we're afraid to have in the sense of we wait till something tragic happens or something basically, for lack of a better term, burns it down, you know, before you go, hey, you know what? 
we can do better before it gets to the point where it burns down. Yep. You know, and I think that's a thing like a, a thing that could have been represented really well. I would have loved, like, honestly, like if when Zach Efron had received the like whatever baton, such and whatever, if he would have passed it to one of the people in the circle. Yeah, give it to Zendaya. She's I mean that she's would have a- been my moment because I would have been like, you get it. Like yes. you get it. But it was the part of going, like you said, is that it's that almost that hesitancy like you have in those conversations where you're like, but if I say this, this is going to shake some stuff up. And it's like the question becomes, okay, well, is your shakeup going to move in the way of bringing more to others? Or is this shakeup going to make you uncomfortable? Well, and I think to the point you're saying there, Donnie, which I think is huge, uh, and I had the same thought of, man, if they had passed it and he then passed it to someone else, man, the movie would have just gone even bigger. Um, but I think it really wanted that moment that, to pay off an earlier moment where they're in the bar and singing the song yeah. and it's clear like, oh, he's going to give him something. So I get all of that and you can see it, we there's lots of different ways to parse this movie, but I think the the biggest thing that this movie does well is that it gives us the opportunity to even have the it brings up the questions even if it doesn't answer it well and mm-hmm. i think as believers the answer for us is always what would jesus do in this situation well we already know what jesus did when he had all the power and privilege of heaven philippians 2 tells us that jesus who was made in the very likeness of god had all he gave up his divine rights or divine privileges, or divine powers, you know, all they get translated all different ways, to take on the very nature of a man, uh, being made in the likeness of man, he took on the nature of a servant. So he came down from being God, uh, to being God in a body, became being a man, but he went from just being a man to being a servant, to being obedient to death on a cross, which was the most uh, dehumanizing way to be killed. Jesus took all of his power and privilege, gave it up to elevate and to serve and love others. So when we find ourselves in positions of power, so I think to say to your kids, hey, when you're when you're somewhere and you see someone being treated unfairly, or maybe you're at school and you think someone's being treated because they're different, maybe it's another kid is, maybe you think a teacher is, maybe you think somebody else is, I know it feels like you're sticking your neck out, but you do have an advantage other people don't have. Uh, and you can stick out and maybe be the one to make a difference, or maybe you befriend that kid, or maybe whatever. Those conversations, I think, are important. Donnie, yeah. do you want to say something? I was thinking, like it, it, it prompted me in my in my brain the like that idea of going. Jesus passed the baton to us mm-hmm. because the second, ministry. Yeah, that's what he did. He said, "All right, I've done this. I've given you the example. Here's the baton. You can run with it." Or you can slow down. Some uh, some Matthew twenty eight vibes, honestly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, and even even Second Corinthians five, where Jesus yeah. reconciled all things, right? And then it says, and then He gave to us the ministry of reconciliation. So I think that's a huge point for us to end on. So I think we all would would agree here uh, that this movie is worth having conversations with your kids. Mm-hmm. And I think this is a great opportunity for us to talk about what happens when you find a movie that you do disagree with that you think doesn't handle the themes the right way or in a God-honoring way, well, you get to take the conversation even further because you're the parent. And it's our responsibility to help raise our children to love Jesus and his way of life and maybe even say, hey, maybe the people who made this movie don't agree with us. Maybe they really do think that the truest underdog and the one who really was most disadvantaged was P.T. Barnum. 
but not everyone in the world is going to agree with all of us. But what's most important is not what this movie says. It's what Jesus says. And that's what we want to teach our kids. And so I appreciate you being here for the conversation. Hope you join us next week as we continue to help talk about how to uh, have better conversations around the content you consume so you can help your children love Jesus and his way of life even more.